Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Buffalo Sabres are 1-0, and and they're never losing again. <laughs> the, Sabres, <laughs> the Sabres pull out a 4-3 to win over the Caps in their preseason opener with goals from Dylan Cousins, Tyson Kozak, Jack Quinn and Vinny Hinostroza, who had scored the overtime winner off of a beautiful feed from our boy and every Sabres Twitter fans boy, Lawrence Pilot, to win the game. UPL got the start and picked up the win. Great to see he played pretty well. Interesting top line of Quinn, Cousins, and Paterka. So, Taylor, at least one Buffalo team won today. I was going to say, did anyone watch this game? As you know, cards on the table here. I did not watch this game. Well, it was what is it a 2 p.m. drop? I believe it was. That's which is tough. A brutal time. Yeah, that is. It's honestly it's it's unbelievably bad timing. But I'll say this. Based <laughs> on everything that people said, the Sabres won four to three today. Would you like me to add anything? Well put. Well, put. no, it's I, I so the main thing I take away from this is that top line you mentioned there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to be a, a, it's not going to the top line, obviously. But I, it does have me interested on on the idea of Cousins and Quinn potentially playing together this year. So True. I don't know. That's it's an interesting thing to think about. Indeed. Well, should we move on to today's segment for which I didn't even mention? This is our season four opener. Season premiere. They were kicking <laughs> it off with a W for us. Yeah. Starting off with a bang. Buffalo is buzzing at the prospect of the Sabres having an undefeated preseason. Mm. The Sabres haven't lost a preseason game that I remember in years. So huge, absolutely huge stuff coming out of season four. So it is exciting, though, to be honest, because we're, we're there's real hockey. And obviously, like we mentioned today, like it's terrible timing to open the preseason when the Bills are playing. But they have quite a few preseason games coming up in the next few weeks. And that'll be interesting because they're unlike most seasons. There are guys that you want to get a look at that you may or may not see in Buffalo to start the year. In fact, you probably won't, but guys that are, are, are cool to, to see, like you mentioned, our, our good pal, Larry pilot. Kozak, mm-hmm. who has played really he, Kozak scored today, right? He did. Yes. He did. And he had a really good prospect challenge. So he's, a, he's an exciting fella. And then JJ Paterka is a guy. 
it's you never gonna get enough of uh, Jack Quinn, and hopefully we'll see some Owen Power too. It's gonna be a fun couple weeks, but let's get to the the segment that you mentioned there. Yeah. So last episode, Taylor had gave his five questions that he has going into this season. I will kick off my five now with asking, what does the goalie games played breakdown look like for this season? So we had kind of talked about this before that. It's going to be interesting to see how UPL is going to cut into the mix in the NHL when it comes to how many games he's going to end up playing, because you conceivably have to think that Comrie is going to be the main starter this year, of course, and Anderson being the backup Anderson, you really can't see him taking on a, on a big workload. And you'd have to think that depending on how the season's going, UPL maybe is going to get you know, a few opportunities to come up for a couple games at a time and see what he could do. What do you think, Taylor, that the potential goalie breakdown could look like? Mm. My guess for the year is 45 Comrie, 27 Anderson, and 10 other, which is probably UPL. Mm. So my guess is Comrie is going to take most of the workload, but it, it's hard. It, it, he's not, he's in his prime, but he doesn't have a, a history of like playing a ton of games. So that's tough to just be like, Oh, he'll be a starter. No, no question. 60 games. It's also not like a lot of NHL teams really do that anymore with any goalie. So Anderson's going to get his time, but also, I mean, he's like a hundred years old. He can't be healthy all year taking on uh, even a backups load. We'll see. I, my guess is no. And then that means my guess UPL coming up for at least 10 games for sure i think 45 definitely sounds like the sweet spot for Comrie. it's it's seeing him get this opportunity with an increased workload is going to be one of the major storylines of this year so moving on to my second question now it is regarding rasmus asplund and so last year he had i think it's fair to say an elite defensive season it was recognized in the fact that he had gotten a couple of Selkie votes, which was great to see. Well-deserved recognition for him because he really was or has developed into a solid defensive player. And so what my question is, though, is will Rasmus Asplund take the next step in his game and maybe develop more of an offensive touch to round out his game? Hmm. That would be kind of huge. If Asplund could just be like a guy that could score like 17 goals. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what you mean. I'm not saying anything unrealistic, like he's a 30-goal guy, but, you know, if he could be – what if he's a 40-point guy? That'd be nice, yeah. He's never – as far as points go, it's going to be tough for him to ever have that many points because I doubt he's ever going to be on the power play, and he's just inherently going to play fewer minutes than, like, you know, the Tage line, or maybe there will be a Cousins line of some kind, or maybe he plays up the lineup a little bit more this year. Either way – That'd be huge. And it's not something that people are really counting on, like a Quinn strong, you know, Calder season or Owen Power coming in or a big Cousins uh, taking a step season. It's something that would just feel like found bunny, I feel like, if you got that kind of season from Rasmus Asplund. I agree. And for reference, too, he put up 27 points in 80 games this past season. So I feel like 40 points is a attainable step and a very, very impressive one. If he is able to do that. So next moving on number three, what role does Casey metal establish for himself this season? 
I don't think it's necessarily an exaggeration to say that this is a make or break year for Middlestat. He's been, of course, injury plagued for the past couple of years. And last year was really supposed to be the year that we find out what he is and if he's able to take that next step and improve that he's better than what he has shown to be himself to be as an NHL player so far. He's shown flashes of being a very talented player, but we really haven't seen it on a consistent basis. And so he's had a full healthy off season and I'm very interested to see if he's going to be able to play his way into being a part of the future of this team. Do you think that he has the ability to do so? He has the talent. And I think a lot of that talent was apparent in the second half of not this past season, but the one before. Uh, I don't know. It's it's getting to the point where he really kind of has to do it this year. It's year five post-draft for him. So it's, wow. yeah. And that's counting his year in college too. But man, it's really at this point, or shit, is it year six post-draft? Yeah, it is. So that's, he really has to do it this year. It's year five since he actually came to the NHL. Right. So yeah, play a full season. That whole time you have to also, he has to like show that he's good at something like this guy. If he's not going to the top six, like he could be a third line scorer or he can hold his own and his own more than you would expect, or he, he's got to be able to do something. And I know last year wasn't his fault. He got hurt most of the year, but this is it, buddy. This is your shot. You don't want to be uh, playing on a PTO in two years. This is the time when you have to do it. Well said. Well said. You could see, I mean, look at a guy like Sonny Milano, for example, and the fact that he just got signed to a PTO with Calgary, and he had a more productive year than Middlestead had last year, and he was also a former first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. Not top 10, obviously, but. Sonny Milano, gunned down at a phone booth on his way out of Columbus. Absolutely brutal. Hate to see it. You you really do. All right. Well, question number four is where does Alex Tuck eventually end up ranking in the forward pecking order? Tuck has a real opportunity here again, playing on that top line with Thompson and Skinner, assuming that stays intact. And I think that this year is going to be a time when we're going to find out if he is just a 50 to 60 top or point top six winger, which is of course very valuable, or if there is a legitimate top line scoring threat there and he's able to evolve and ascend into that. So what's interesting to say about Tuck is I think even though Tage is playing really well all year last year, the Tage line wasn't really dominating or not, not dominating, but wasn't really holding its own even as a first line until Tuck got there. And I think Tuck is a real stabilizing force in that way. So I think even if he isn't more than a 50 or 60 point guy, he's the kind of guy that makes your team better just by being on the ice. And sometimes that doesn't show up on the score sheet, but it'll show up in the, I guess on the advanced stats, but it'll also show up because the team will just look better. And he makes the kind of plays that I'd say he plays winning hockey is a good way to put it. Now, it would also be cool to do all that and then also, let's say, have 25 goals and like 45 assists and be a 70-point player. That'd be really cool. Uh, and that'd be, that'd be, frankly, huge for them if they had a, a player. Like if Tuck, at this point, took another step and became an even better scorer, that would be huge for them. It would, I mean, it'd be massive, you know, and I think that it's important to keep in mind, too, that Tuck is a guy that they have secured for – 
I think what four more years at a very reasonable cap hit around like five million or so. He very easily could be a bargain, especially given that he's like good in his own zone. He's seamlessly fit in so well with uh, Tage and Skinner, and he's been he's been really good for the locker room seemingly. Four and he was at the Bills five, game last Taylor. week. Four point seven five. Yep. That's that. That could be a super bargain. That already might be a bargain for the next four years. That's good because the other two guys in that line get paid a combined like seventeen million. So yeah, we could use a bargain. Now we are on to number five, which is about Rasmus Dahlin. How much of the season will Dahlin play on the right side? And to get a little wild, since it's the last question, do we eventually see Donnie Meatballs go crazy? and give us a power Darlene pair. So the context is, of course, at the end of last year, we saw Darlene play on the right side for extended periods of time when he was playing alongside Matias Samuelson. And I think that that could be an interesting look to get at the start of the year and continue to play Darlene on the right side because he showed last year that he was able to be successful playing on the right side. He was contributing. He he looked like the the version of himself that we saw at the end of last year at all points, whether he was playing on the left side or the right side. And I don't think there was a drop off in his game. And so how much of this season are they going to do that? Are they going to start the year with him and Samuelson again and see how it goes? Do they eventually run Darlene power Samuelson down the left side? Or at some point, like I said, if for whatever reason, maybe they're slumping and Granada wants to change it up. Maybe do they try and do a pair, a, a top line pair of Power and Darlene together to see what happens? I mean, do you remember? I mean, at the end of last year, where yeah, no, I see. I I thought, well, yes, but I I thought you might be referencing. So like, they're super weirdly deep on the left and not so much on the right. Yeah, but so that's interesting. Just as a concept of him being able to play on the right would be huge for them because that's not. Uh, they're not. I I don't love what they have on the on the right side in general. But yeah, so that'd be, I don't know. I guess I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I guess we'll see how they, what it's like uh, throughout the preseason. And I don't know how much he's even going to play in the preseason, but yeah, it's worth an idea. Uh, it's worth looking at that idea. I should say the second part of the question, man, that really, op- the first part really opens that up. Yeah. I think they should try that. Right. I think so. Because I, I think, uh, a lot of people seem to think that Lubshuskin, if I'm saying that right, Lib- is going to play with him. He's going to play with power. Mm-hmm. But let's say the Sabres are behind late in the game. And they need a goal. They're down like 3-2. It's kind of worth playing Delian and power together, right? My yes. opinion. I definitely agree with that. I think it's very interesting. And also, that's important to say, too, that it's not – doing it this year and giving it a try doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be – looked at as like the long-term answer or anything like that, because I think in a perfect world, when this team is eventually an actual contender, you're going to use them on two different pairings so that they both can be driving play from the back end, you know, and both playing 20 to 25 minutes plus a night. Yeah, definitely. But I do like it as a concept in, in situations where they, where they need a goal, but yeah, it's hero line it. Yeah, 100%. In general, though, who do you think, let's say, opening night, everyone's healthy, who's starting on the ice with Dalene? I'm going to say Samuelson. So then, in that case, Dalene will be playing on the right. 
Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that does make the most sense. And then you have power Lepchushkin, and then... I think they're going to... I don't think this will be the best plan, but I think they start power Yoki Haru again. Mm. And eventually get their hand forced in trying him with Lebushkin. And then... Yeah, I mean, really what the bottom of the... Uh, you know, the, the bottom pair and seventh defenseman, how that's going to look like, too. I mean, is Larry going to be the seventh defenseman? I don't know. I mean, there's Casey Fitzgerald as well. That's fair. Yeah, he did get some time last year. That could be interesting. Hmm. Well, I think in general, though, I wonder, because Darlene played a few more minutes last year than he had in the past. I wonder if we're starting to gear up towards Darlene plays like 25, 26 minutes. Like is Darlene's like with the league leaders um, in points or sorry, minutes played per game. I think it's time to explore that for sure. I mean, I think Granado is starting to let him loose. And I also think it was interesting too. I mean, I know it was for a, a shorter stretch at the end of last year as he only had a, uh, you know, less than 10 games played, but also Granado wasn't afraid to play power big minutes too. So I think the breakdown for both of those guys should be interesting. With Darlene, I mean, yeah, I would, I definitely would like to see him show that he's capable of handling that that much deployment. Yeah, that I mean, he he's he got consistently better throughout last year in a way that should give us hope because there's no real way to get to any interesting contention without Darlene being good. Right. So that should be important. Now. Before we get to anything else, let's uh, hear a word from our sponsors. Let's do it. Yep. So lately I've been listening to a lot of, you know, podcasts, music, whatnot. I've been listening to, I listened to all kinds of stuff yesterday. I walked home in the rain today after watching the Bills game, listening to some sad songs. And you know what? It's been great. Even when I was sad, because I've been listening to my Raycon wireless earbuds Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycon's give you 8 hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. They're priced just right, so you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder that Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They also have tremendous features such as Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation mode, and awareness mode. So like I said, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and music and whatnot on my Raycons. And in one uh, thing I've been listening to uh, in particular is uh, Puck Soup, one of the other uh, non-hockey podcast network podcasts that I like. It's a good, decent hockey podcast if you're uh, interested in a more of a league-wide view of things. So... Also, if you're going to do that, you got to listen to your Raycons. And how do you do that? You go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And of course, uh, other other sponsors are DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With bigger payouts than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw 
down on stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. All right, we're back. Whoa, nice. (laughs) Hey, Ziggy's here too. Ziggy has joined the chat, everybody. He's joined the pod. He's here. He's ready to give us thoughts on Saber season. Ziggy, what are your thoughts? He thinks it's a make or break year for Middlestad as well. Got to agree, Ziggy. Mm. You're wise beyond your years. Ain't that the truth. So is there anything else you're you're excited about, Taylor, as we're now just one game into this very young season? Um. I guess I'm excited to watch. I mean, obviously watch the next preseason game. As we mentioned, uh, we were at the prospect challenge last week and that was a lot of fun. And, you know, there's guys like our dude, Pasolt, Pasolt. I'm not going to learn how to yeah. say his name. He got an invite. Maybe he'll be in Rochester this year. That'd be huge for his career. We'd really like that after, after how well he played mm-hmm. uh, as you know, it's not easy in your late twenties to, uh, to continue to impress people and, and stay with the young fellas. So coming up, the Sabres have the Flyers uh, Tuesday. And let's see, when do we play again? And the Blue Jackets Wednesday. So playing multiple times this week. And then did they play Saturday? Yeah, Penguins Saturday afternoon. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up. I guess I'm also excited. The reason I brought up the prospect thing is also because of someone else I brought up already, which is Kozak. Like, is that someone that potentially it's another piece that's an interesting NHL guy? That'd be cool. Agreed. Uh, a seventh round find is a dime a dozen, as we've seen, at least with Olafson Olafson being the only one that's contributed, what, beyond like the third round in the past, it, like. It is the days. opposite of a dime a dozen. <laughs> For uh, us? Oh, uh, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, seventh round. Uh, Picks after the first round that have been useless for the Sabres are a dime a dozen. We have a billion of them. Yes. But a seventh rounder, like, yeah, Olafson being the only one. I mean, one of the only other guys I even remember making noise in any interesting way would be like, that. I think his name was Vasily Glotov. Do you remember him? God, but he never even played in the NHL. No, he didn't. That's, that's what he, he at least like seemed like, hey, I, I could be interesting. Everyone else is kind of immediately like, I you'll never see me or hear me f- from me again. Uh, but yeah. Kozak at, at the very least looks like he's going to be a good AHL player. So that's, it's a good step. And plus he's only like 20, maybe not even 20. So happy for him. And I'm, I'm excited. That's, that's someone I would pay attention to a lot. And then if you want to pay attention to someone who actually could be an important contributor this year, I think this is a big year for cousins. hundred percent. You want to talk, I mean, I know I mentioned it with Aslan, but it's even more so with cousins with him being able to, really develop more of an offensive touch and establish himself as more of a finisher. Yeah, definitely. He needs to. He needs to. Man. Do you have any other thoughts on the sports world today? Oh. How just like I understand on the broadcast today they're saying about how the Miami sideline is shaded and the other side is directly in the sun for a competitive advantage. But like, how is it allowed when the games are that hot and guys are having heat strokes on the field that it's just like, Oh no, it's just for the love of the game. It's just the sport. 
Are you kidding me? It's not. It's ridiculous. Are you it's kidding me. It's it's way more dangerous than playing in the cold. It's like, insane. Yeah, it shouldn't be allowed. I know this sounds like loser shit because we lost today. It's whining or whatever, but like things, it's getting hotter. Guys were dropping like flies. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, and it's getting and that goes for Miami too. But it's getting hotter every year, and the weather gets more extreme. And Miami is an extremely hot place, and it's not going to get any better. These September games. There has probably has to be some considerations made because what if it like it felt like ninety nine today, quote unquote. Like what if it felt like a hundred and nine? I don't know. It's it's worth considering. Like there's a World Cup this year that has to be played in November and December because it's too hot. And I mean it should have never been played there in the first place. But yeah, that that might be something you have to consider. How it's it's not maybe. I mean, if you're going to play in Miami, you're going to have to make some considerations about shade and or some other way to make sure that half the team doesn't have cramps or like. Like one of the Bills today uh, straight up had to leave the game because he was sick. Football's a game of big fellas. They get dehydrated quick. So, damn. Yeah, it's 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 a worthy consideration. That I is... was going to say Notre Dame's 2-2 two and two now. <laughs> yeah, hey. They're back. UNC isn't undefeated anymore. That's right. You know who else isn't undefeated anymore? A lot of teams. But you oh, know who wow. is? The Tennessee Volunteers. Congratulations. Big stuff. The number eight team in the country. Yeah. They tried really hard not to win, but they did it anyway. Mm, Against all odds. Yeah. Man. So thoughts on the sports world. Albert Pujols, congrats. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Albert Pujols, that guy rules. Congrats, big guy. Agreed. Uh, Not really. I I watched some of the K-Rod cast before this, and Barry Bonds was on it. Interesting. How is that? He's an interesting fellow, that Barry Bonds. Oh, yeah. Go on. He, well, he told the story about he almost signed with the Yankees in 93. But weirdly, the Yankees didn't offer him the most money. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Really? That would have been wild. The 90s teams plus Barry Bonds. No way. I had never heard that before. That's, was that like a revelation that he gave that? No. Well, not really. Okay. Uh, it, it's been it's not brought up enough as a possibility, but yeah, it was. He was talking to them when he was leaving Pittsburgh, and apparently George Steinbrenner gave him some stupid ultimatum, like you got to let me know by two p.m. today. But then the Giants called his agent and offered more money, and he was like, "Oh, I'm from San Francisco anyway, so I'll go there." But yeah, and he also, I'm not sure how many people know this. When A. Rod was out the full year with the suspension in 2014, Barry Bonds trained him, mm. and apparently Bonds said today that when he like. He didn't wasn't sure if he wanted to do it at first, and then A Rod was like, "He made me lose weight." <laughs> He's like, "You're out of shape. You haven't been playing. I'm not going to train any bums. Lose some weight." So, no way. yeah, interesting stuff. That's all from the sports world. All right. Do you have any recommendations that you'd like to give? So I've watched, looking at my letterbox, uh, a lot of movies in September, and like six in the last week since. Last Sunday's episode, I've watched seven, in fact, uh, or six. Sorry, I was right the first time. Uh, so I'm going to go with one. I watched, I just watched one today, and I'm not going to give that one uh, a recommendation or any free clout, in fact. So I'm going to go back to one I saw on Friday, Pearl, which is a sequel to X, or a prequel to X, starring Mia Goth. X came out earlier this year, so they're kind of companion movies, uh, more so than a traditional prequel, sequel type thing. Really good, really nasty. 
good uh, indie horror, really interesting stuff, a good time if, you, uh, if you're interested in that kind of thing. All right. Wow. Real nasty. Love it's that. Nasty. Yeah. Goodness. I'm going to recommend a TV show. Unsurprisingly, I'm going to recommend Andor, the new Star Wars show. It's really good. It's been getting very good reviews. It's about Cassian Andor, who was one of the lead roles in Rogue One, which was an unbelievable Star Wars movie. Many people believe it to be the best Disney Star Wars movie. I would probably be inclined to agree with that. Uh, or at the very least, it's up there. Um, but it is they released the first three episodes last Wednesday on Disney Plus, and it's pretty much like a Star Wars spy thriller. So really interesting, great performances so far. And the first three episodes really set up the rest of the, the series in a very interesting way that kind of, you know, it, it, it's predictable where it's going to go in the sense that, you know, where the main character ends up because of the fact that this takes place uh, before Rogue One. But I think it's going to be interesting to explore. It's a character whose backstory is is worthy of exploring and doesn't feel like it's just a uh, a filler project. So I'm really excited. Really good performances so far. And fourth episode comes out on Wednesday. So highly recommend that. Nice, nice. All right. Well, everyone. Produced by Tony Gilroy, by the way, if people are interested. What's he from? director he's a director he made so he was one of the i don't know if he directed rogue one mm-hmm. but he directed the born series oh okay so really accomplished guy oh very cool yeah well even more reason to watch then yeah definitely is a a great show highly highly recommend well everyone thank you so much for tuning in though to this season premiere of season four of straight up sabers presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging buffalo make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites along with whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode make sure you're checking out all of our fellow episodes on both networks also make sure you're following both the presenters of this podcast on social media facebook twitter and instagram where you can also find us Straight Up Sabres on Facebook and Instagram and Straight Sabres on Twitter. Give us a follow and keep up with us online. We'll be be much more active now that the season's starting to get underway. Last but not least, make sure you're checking out both of our sponsors, both Raycon Headphones along with DraftKings. Check out both of those sites. Use the promo codes to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres.